Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing More than a feeling To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save your life To be powered by love All right, well, we are talking about money this morning. I was waiting for the excited cheers and applause. Uh, Yes, there it is. So uh, this resolution, you know, we're talking about these common resolutions, and so often there are resolutions that are like, you know what, this year I'm going to do something about money, get my finances in order. And so we're going to be thinking a little bit about money, hence all the excitement and stuff. But so often when the church talks about money, it's in the context of uh, encouraging giving to the church, like stewardship time of the year and stuff. And yet Jesus talks about money a lot, not just in the context of giving, but also in the context of how we manage what we have, what we do with it, how we enjoy it, all of those things. And so that's actually where we're going here today. But I want to start with uh, this line, this little phrase that you've maybe heard before. Help me fill in this blank. Blank is the root of all evil. Money, money, money. Yes, uh, money. That is right, but really only kind of if we're going to look to the Bible. That saying is pretty well known and a pretty common saying, but it isn't actually directly from the Bible like we just heard. It actually says this, the love of money is, a, is the root of all evil, or else actually here's what that verse said in its entirety. Maybe we can read this together, could we? For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. So that comes from 1 Timothy chapter 6, and it's a small difference to say money is the root of all evil and the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. But it is, I think, kind of a significant difference. And in this article I read this week, as I was kind of reading about uh, these verses that are so well known about money, it said one of the reasons that we really like to shorten it to money is the root of all evil is because it allows us to think of people who have money. And whenever we think of people who have money, it said, we always think of whoever is one step above us right? So uh, whatever you have, when you think of uh, people who have money, we're always thinking of someone who has more money. So when we talk about money being the root of all evil, we're like, yeah, for those people who have lots of money. And we're thinking those people who have more money than me. But what this phrase, when it's written like this does, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It tells us that money can be problematic for us, whether we have a little or whether we have a lot that it's not tied to what our bank balance is, but rather it's tied to who we are as humans, that our human hearts are capable of such great generosity and kindness and love and also of some selfishness and greed. And that can get, yes, those richety-rich people that we think of in trouble, 
but also can actually get us in trouble sometimes as well. And so it, it's the fact that money itself is not evil. Uh, at least that's not what the, that's what the Bible says. It doesn't say that money itself is evil, but rather it can be enjoyed and used for good and really should be. But then it can actually lead you to some evil. Like it says in this verse here, it can lead you away from the faith. It can lead you into all kinds of pains, but it doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to have a certain dollar amount to have some trouble with money. It can kind of come at any dollar amount. So the bottom line is we're all in this together. Uh, As we think about money and these teachings about money, we're all in it. We're all affected by it. One of Jesus' most common teachings about money or teachings about anything has to do with money. Here's what I mean. So sometimes he's talking directly about money. And then sometimes he's using money as an example in a parable, like one of those storytelling teachings where uh, it might be uh, the parable is about money to help teach even a bigger lesson. But what it comes down to is over half of Jesus's parables have to do with money and possessions. Isn't that hard to believe? It might make you think that actually the church should be talking about money more often than we even do because Jesus talked about it all the time because Jesus knew uh, how important money and possessions are to us and how problematic that can be sometimes, but also what a blessing it can be sometimes. So Jesus talked about it all the time. But the challenge is, whenever Jesus or the Apostle Paul or any of these other biblical teachers talk about money, They're not talking about just money as in those dollar amounts that other people have, the people who have more than us, that whatever dollar amount balance you have in your bank account, these teachings are for you. They're for all of us. We're all considered the wealthy in that sense because we've all been blessed by God in all abundant different ways, not just financially, but also as we think about possessions and our gifts and skills and talents and even our very lives, that all that we can do with our very lives. And so all of those things fit into the ways that we've been blessed and the ways that we've been called to enjoy those blessings, share those blessings, and just make the world a better, kinder, more loving place with all that we have and with all that we are. And so uh, one of the most common teachings Jesus had, uh, his parables, was actually this one, the parable of the talents. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it is a pretty long teaching, but in a nutshell, I think it's a great example of Jesus sharing a teaching about money that's really about more than money. And ironically, uh, a talent in the Bible was a biblical measure of money. It was a lot of money. Uh, A lot of money was a talent. But in our way we use language, we talk about talents as being gifts and skills, like those things that you're good at, a talent, you're talented. Uh, And so that actually fits pretty well for how I think Jesus means this teaching. Jesus, I think, does mean this teaching to be about money, about possessions, but also about our gifts and talents and also about our whole lives, that all of these things are meant to be used for the greater good and to be enjoyed. And so uh, if we go to this teaching, here's how it goes. You see these uh, three characters and this rich man. So this rich man goes on vacation, and as he goes, he gives his money to three servants to uh, manage, like they're his little money managers. And so while he's gone, they're going to manage his money. And so the story goes, he goes away, and when he comes back, the three uh, were each given different dollar amounts. Uh, One was given a lot, one was given a middle amount, one was given a lesser amount. And so when the man returns, the two who received the bigger amounts come to him, and they've taken the money they've been given, and they've invested it, and they've actually doubled it. 
pretty good return. I don't know how long his vacation was, but they've doubled his money, and so they're, re- they're celebrated, they're rewarded. They're said, well done, good and faithful servants. But then we hear about what the third one did. The third one, rather than going out and investing that money that he was given and entrusted with, he actually, because he was a little bit scared of the master and wasn't sure what he would do if he lost it, he actually took it, dug a hole, put it in the hole, buried it. And so when the master returned, he just digs it back up and brings him his you know, dirty bag of money and says, here, I, just, I didn't do anything with it because I was afraid you might be mad if I lost it. And the master is mad. Mad not because uh, he could have potentially lost it, but mad because he didn't use that money as it was meant to be used. He didn't use what he was given. And so uh, Jesus even has this great line in it. He says, you could have at least invested it in the bank to get a little bit of interest which I think is funny to nod to that even 2,000 years ago. Savings accounts weren't a real great uh, investment there, but they gave a little bit of return. And so he says, you could have at least done that, but you did nothing. And so not only is he scolded, but he's actually cast out and left behind. They're like, get out of here. And so I think the moral of this story is, the moral of this teaching is that Jesus does care about what we do with the things that we've received. And that is everything from money to possessions to our gifts, our skills and talents, right down to our very lives. We're all alive, called to make use of these lives that we have. Jesus wants us to use those and to use those for good, to enjoy them and use them as they were intended. Another thing that Jesus says about money is this. He says, you cannot serve God and wealth. And so we read that and you think, okay, we can't serve God and wealth. But again, it's a reminder that when we say wealth, It's referring to the things that we have. Whether you consider yourself wealthy or not, you have something. You have at least your very life. We're all alive in here. And so Jesus wants us to think about the way we serve God and the way we serve wealth. And Jesus says you can't serve both at the same time. And yet, that doesn't mean that you can't serve God with wealth. If we go back to the beginning, uh, money itself, wealth is not evil in and of itself. It can be used for good and can be a great gift to those who have it and those around them and uh, for the good of the world. And so that's the calling is to think about how can we use what we have, money or otherwise, to serve others and those around us. And that kind of brings us back to this theme that we had from the get-go. This year, I will get my finances in order. Because after all, if God cares about uh, what we do with what we have, God also probably cares about how we manage it. And so all of a sudden, the ways we manage things can be kind of important. My wife Annie and I have taken a financial uh, class before, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. We were so good, we took it twice. Uh, That's how bad we uh, needed it. And uh, we could probably stand to take it again, frankly. Uh, There's all kinds of different kind of classes like that about management and tools and resources out there. Uh, That's one that we found really helpful and useful over the years. And while I don't like love and agree with everything Dave Ramsey says, I think some of his core teachings are really solid that he really encourages people to keep a budget, make a budget and track your spending to pay attention to what you're doing and to encourage you to stay out of debt, saying that debt is something that will get you in trouble in the long run. And so uh, one of the lines he has that go along with this budgeting idea is this. Uh, This is Dave Ramsey and he says, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. 
It's kind of a funny turn of phrase, and it's so true that a lot of times when we hear about making a budget, it seems like this kind of horribly boring and constrictive thing, unless you're a real math and spreadsheet nerd, then you get kind of excited about these things. Uh, but for most of us, we think like, I don't want to have to control, I don't want to you know, have some budget, some sheet tell me what I can buy and what I can't and when I can and when I can't. But if you look at it from the other way, like he presents here, the alternative is just to wonder, well, where is this money going? And so a budget actually puts you in control of it so that you're the one making the decisions rather than just feeling like it's just kind of happening to you. I remember him one time sharing this uh, in one of the classes. He asked the question, if your personal finances were a business, is that a business you would want to work with or for? I kind of heard that, and I kind of kind of nervously chuckled like I heard some of you all do right there, because a lot of times, really, we have higher expectations for the businesses in our lives than we do for our own personal finances. We kind of handle them differently, honestly, often, and uh, especially if our paycheck depends on it, we really want that business to be keeping good accounting of things. Whereas then our own finances become a little looser sometimes. And so again, it's a call back to the importance of budgeting and paying attention to what we're doing so that we're actually kind of in control and managing the things that we have. Certainly we're talking about finances, but really you could say the same of time as well as your gifts and talents and your possessions. Uh, We talked about stuff last week. It all kind of fits into this uh, general category of, you know, We really need to be intentional about doing what we can do with what we have. As a church, we're pretty intentional about budgeting. It's the annual meeting time of year. So next week we have our annual meeting where we'll present and approve a budget. We have this kind of detailed budget for the year. And all throughout the year we track and uh, pay attention to spending and the giving. We account for all of it. And we do that not because, like, I just really love spreadsheets and reviewing them. And QuickBooks is so fun. I just you know, love it. We, uh, but we have a bookkeeper who works to keep good track of those things. Because those numbers and spreadsheets aren't just numbers and spreadsheets. That's what fuels and funds the ministry. Uh, We care about the finances because we care about people. The ministry is all about the people, and that couldn't happen without the funding and the finances being supportive behind it. The same is true for our personal finances. The numbers and the bank account balances only matter in so much as It's important to who we are and how we live our lives, the decisions we're making. We should make our finances reflect the priorities we have in life and to have a a sense of control over those things so that we are making the decisions that we want to be making and enjoying the things that we have in the way that we want to. That's what the idea of this kind of getting your finances in order is all about. The reality is God has blessed us all in a whole variety of different ways. And whether you feel like uh, you don't have much or you feel like, you know what, I have a lot, the reality is these teachings about money and possessions, they're for all of us. It's a calling to pay attention to what we have, acknowledge and give thanks for it, and then manage it well. That's called good stewardship. That's the other word the Bible uses for this. Stewardship isn't just about giving to the church or giving to organizations. It's about managing what we have, celebrating it, giving thanks for it, and then, manage, you know, as I said, managing it well. And a part of that is probably sharing with the world around you, church included, but that's just one small part of it. The day in and day out way that we manage the things that we've been blessed with, 
is important. So that's the challenge. This year I will get my finances in order. Uh, that's the resolution that we talk about today. There's some questions in the bulletin to go along with it to dive deeper into it. Uh, loving money might be the root of all evil, uh, but uh, managing it and celebrating it and giving thanks for it, well, that's biblical stewardship. I hope you'll join me in that. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.